Welcome back to the 70. The new year is here, a new semester, and as usual, a new guest. Other than that, we are looking to continue bringing the same quality content and conversations to Yuma County, uh, the U.S., and hopefully across the globe. I'm Eric Patton, Chief Communications Officer for Yuma Union High School District, and I'm pleased to be joined today by Josh Cecil, a teacher at Centennial Middle School here in Yuma, and also someone who is on a very special mission to bring high-quality professional development to the educators of Yuma County. Josh, welcome to the 70. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, we'll get right to it. We met uh, about a week ago or so, and um, you were here to share information with myself and Eric Brooks and Lisa Anderson about the Yuma Educators Summit, which takes place June 25th and 26th at Arizona Western College. And before we hear about that, I just have to say that your passion for your work was pretty contagious, so I, I'm sure that will come through today as well. Um, just tell us a little bit about the Educators Summit and why it's so important to you. So the UMA Educators Summit is going to be a two-day conference at Arizona Western College on June 25th, 26th, like you said. Um, it's really something that is something I've wanted to do for a while in terms of being able to make a larger impact on the in the community in terms of education. And so our big goals are to bring teachers together from across the county and across the state and beyond to be able to provide an opportunity for teachers to learn off of one another as opposed to be passive recipients of the training that they get to be able to play a role in it and also to try to expose teachers to some ideas, techniques, concepts that they may not be used to in their teaching. You know, I think part of that is also just because we in Yuma end up always traveling, whether it's the, you know, uh, avid trainings that go on in San Diego or we're over in Phoenix or we're in Las Vegas for something or, or everywhere else, uh, was part of that passion for it just bringing something in our backyard it actually was completely fostered because of that idea. Um, <laughs> this summer, I went to both the ILA International Literacy Association Summer Intensive in Las Vegas, and then I went to the Scholastic Reading Summit in Denver. And when I was at Denver, I attended a breakout session where Colby Sharp, who's an author and a teacher in Parma, Michigan, talked about creating a teacher camp in Parma. And right away, it made me think, this is something that Yuma County could desperately need and be able to benefit from because like you said anywhere we get trained it means at least three hours of travel so it's a two-day experience uh can i sign up for one of the two days am i locked in for both days like how, how does that logistically work teachers can certainly come to one of the two days the overall price is only 25 dollars. um it includes lunch on both days we'll have coffee and like a continental breakfast on both days it also includes a t-shirt so we are charging one fee for both days, but teachers are certainly welcome to attend one day if they want. We really expect both days to be very high quality training. We have great guest speakers who are coming. We've started to put together some really strong breakout sessions. So we hope people would want to attend both days, but certainly people can come to one of the two days. So uh, you mentioned some strong guest speakers. Uh, how far along are you in the process of booking? And if you are, uh, confirmed on a few of them. Can you share who, who may be here? Yes, we've already contracted three guest speakers. Um, the first one is Lisa Yee. She is a middle grade and young adult author. She was also the keynote speaker at the National Gifted Conference um, this year. We also have Dr. Alma Sandigo, who is a professor at NAU. She helps run the bilingual education program. She's done a lot of work in tutoring high, like high school and college kids who are struggling to 
gain mastery of the English language. And then our third keynote speaker is Laquisha Hall, who is Baltimore's 2018 Teacher of the Year. She teaches high school in Baltimore. So it sounds like there was some intentionality in booking people that would hit the spectrum in Yuma of you know pre-K all the way through through high school. Um, is there uh, a focus on on trying to hit all of those different levels in terms uh, of areas? Yeah, we were really conscious about wanting to try to provide something that all teachers could take away and benefit from. And so when we were talking about keynote speakers, we were looking for people who had a larger message. Lisa Yi really, she focuses on talking about exceptional learners. She will share her life story and what it's like maybe learning differently or learning in an accelerated pace. Laquisha Hall really focuses on reaching the unreachable and using creativity in her classroom. And Dr. Alma Sandigo, especially with where we're located in her experience working with EL students and having so much success, we thought that all three of them would be people who could really connect with all of our teachers. And then in terms of our breakout sessions, we're being very conscientious about trying to provide different tracks so that someone who is teaching an AP English class is able to take away from it. And so is someone who's teaching kindergartners. Okay. So are, are you open to suggestions? Are there people, uh, if there are people, I mean, in, in the area that were willing to participate in a breakout session, is that something that you're soliciting? Um, how are you guys putting together that breakout session yeah. package? So we've just opened our call for proposals on our website. So people are able to go on the website and submit a, submit a proposal for a breakout session. We've been in contact with almost every educational organization in Arizona. And so some places like NTSA, the National Teachers Science Association, some of their teachers have extended offers to want to run breakout sessions. We've also contacted a few different companies that are different stakeholders in child raising, such as doctors who might, might specialize in dealing with kids who, are, who have dealt with trauma. Um, we're trying to get a hold of a group that can help run trainings for coaches, for athletic coaches who are involved. So we're really trying to look at hitting some unique things that will benefit people and also really trying to be conscious of what they might not get exposed to at their district. Because yeah. we know that most district trainings have got to look to hit a wide breadth of people. You've got to get bang for your buck. So someone comes in to provide a lot of more one-size-fits-all trainings, whereas a bigger conference does enable teachers to specialize and to pick what they want to learn about. I'm glad you brought that up. That was one of my, my questions. I don't know if you were looking at my cheat sheet over <laughs> here, but uh, I, I thought that this was a good opportunity probably for some of that specialization or some of those topics that you're not exposed through in, in those trainings that y you get sent to maybe once or twice a year as a teacher with your district. Yeah, I know like for myself personally, a few years ago, attending a literacy training and hearing about the need to construct a culturally relevant library and to continue to build your library using more current material, it was life-changing for me in the classroom. And it was not something that I was likely to hear at a training because it just isn't the kind of thing discussed. And that is what we're hoping, to be able to connect teachers to information that may give them a different lens with which to look at how they're reaching their kids. I don't wanna to get too far away from it. You mentioned a website. What website is it and how, how can someone um, sign up to be a part of the conference? The website is www.yesyuma.org. And on the website, people are able to register for the conference. 
We have an area where people can volunteer if they want to help during either preparing for the conference or on the days of. It is also where vendors can go to sign up to become vendors and where people can submit calls to the proposals. So it's all there on that awesome. website. Awesome, and that's www.yesyuma.org. Yes, correct? that okay. is correct. One thing that I also found interesting in originally talking to you about uh, this event was that there's an opportunity for uh, some teachers to earn uh, Prop 301 hours um, for, uh, for the two days? Yes, yeah, so we've been in contact with all of the districts. Every district has been positive and has given pretty much the go-ahead to give hours. We've gotten official confirmation from Yuma High School District, from the Somerton District, from the Crane District, that they are going to give 301 hours. The way that Yuma District 1 works is that gets passed actually through their instructional leads. And so they've already been supportive. So we're just waiting to get the official sign off for them to finish the process before we announce it publicly. But every district has been beyond receptive to the idea and has really gone beyond just offering hours, but has been really supportive in what we're doing and has extended themselves to try to help us make it successful. I was going to say, it's probably not been that tough of a sell. I mean, considering it's in our backyard and, and all that other stuff. No, um, but obviously like starting something totally new, every single meeting I went into was with the anxiety of, oh, you better sell them on this conference. Somewhere knowing in my heart that this was something that pretty much would be universally positive for Yuma. And on that, we really tried to, like we're trying to create something that does not have a district attachment because one goal that our board really had was to try to bring teachers together as opposed to look at, which group is doing things well and which group is struggling because we're all here for our kids and we're all here to try to make a positive impact in their life. And so when we work together and we feed off one another, it's only going to help all the children from our community. You talk about educators in general, but really in Yuma, there's kind of something special about the way educators view their position. You know, we could talk all day about the state of Arizona and how much they value Arizona or how much they don't. Um, but I think regardless of what they're getting paid, regardless of what um, grade they're teaching, regardless of a lot of those other factors, teachers in Yuma seem to really take ownership of their position and the, the way that they interact with kids and the, the kind of love they have for kids. To me, it feels like something like this event is a way of kind of showing how valued teachers are here, um, maybe if they don't always feel like that. No, I think, I think you hit on something that is really true. I've taught in three different states. I've taught it anywhere from first grade to now eighth grade. Um, and there is something special about teachers in Yuma County. You see teachers who are consistently going above and beyond and not only doing it without the resources, but for the large majority of the time, doing it without asking for any bit of recognition, doing it because teachers in Yuma, their hearts are in it for their kids, like you said, in it did. It was another thing that really felt like it is a kind of expression of love between teachers and the community. It goes beyond teachers just learning from one another. It is a sign to say we are valued. And it's also to say back to community members, we value our job and we want to continue to get better in order to serve our community. So again, if you want to register, it's www.yesyuma.org. Um, that's June 25th and 26th at Arizona Western College. Um, 
you kind of look like you thought we might be wrapping up. We're not. Uh, I, I want to get a little bit uh, more of your background. One of the things that stood out also when, when I first met you is you talked about Yuma uh, some time ago for you was going to be maybe a, a quick stop in your teaching career. You, you didn't look at it necessarily as a long-term place to live or, or residence for you, perhaps. Um, what changed? Why, why did you uh, decide that this is going to be a, a place for you to stay? So when I came to Yuma originally, I actually did not have a teaching job. Um, my ex-fiance, um, <laughs> she got a job in Yuma, and we had just gotten back from teaching in Florida and not really loving that. And so I headed out in a car with no job. Broke up about three months later, <laughs> and I think that might have been actually the thing that switched Yuma for me because it forced me to really focus on the kids because that was – as someone new to the community, didn't have that many friends right away, that became my passion, was my kids in my classroom because it was really what was motivating me and keeping me going. And after that first year, I said, I'll give it one more year. After my second year, I said, I'll give it one more year. And I think it was not until my fifth or sixth year in Yuma that I started saying I was making excuses for why I wanted to leave when my heart was fully in the city. And so now being a decade in Yuma, being a homeowner here, this is home for my wife and I. This is where we want to be. It's where we plan on raising our kids. So I don't know if the change was overnight, but over time, the kids of Yuma County and the kids who were in my room every year became where I wanted to be. And I couldn't see myself walking away from that. You know, I hear that so much. And I've worked uh, in San Diego area in education and I've worked uh in the Louisiana area in education for a brief time. And, and I've never heard it quite as much or as frequently as I have in Yuma that the kids make all the difference. Uh, you know, there's several coaches in YUHSD who have come back to uh, coach varsity sports for, for our district uh, somewhere um, in the neighborhood of almost half or a little over half of our, of our varsity coaches currently were YUHSD students. And then they worked with the students after they became um, teachers or coaches and that's what kept them here and kept wanting them to come back because of the experience they had as students but then also the students that they worked with were uh, just so special to them and um, they almost felt like there was a duty to uh, have that loyalty to them and loyalty to the city that, that kind of raised them and for you it's not that you were raised here but the students still had that kind of impact on you and that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I do think, like, for myself, it also became, for whatever reason, as a human being, just the point at which I really became satisfied with my job, ha happy about what I was doing, and where in Yuma County, you can see the impact you're making. Yeah. It's a small enough city where we do see our kids. We do get to interact with our families just out and every day. Yet it's large enough where we there are some things that we can do. So it really was a perfect fit for me. How did you get into the profession in general? What made you want to be a teacher? So prior to be, I've always wanted to work with kids. Um, my mom says that at about age 10, I would talk about being a teacher. But prior to going into education, I spent 10 years directing a kids travel hockey program in Chicago. And I loved the job. I got to travel all over North America. All of it was free. I was flying to Florida for tournaments, flying to Dallas for tournaments, flying to Canada. But I was missing the connection with the kids because kids would go and play hockey and it was one of 10 different activities. And I signed up on a 
whim to get out of the state. I knew that I wasn't going to quit teaching or quit coaching hockey until I left Chicago because it was a really great paying job and it was pretty cushy. And so I immediately signed up to be a teacher at a mission school off of the Navajo reservation in Theroux, New Mexico. And it was probably day three that I knew I wasn't going to have another job for the rest of my life. It just, it changed. Once I got in the classroom and saw the difference you're able to make while dealing with academic content and how much deeper you're able to go with kids when you're really struggling for something that matters, it was something I didn't want to give up. It's like combination of the most challenging and redeeming profession there is. <laughs> it's it's funny because I, I often say like, at least on my worst days, they are bad because of something I care about. And that's, that's kind of the truth is like, when at least when the kids are giving you a hard time, they're people you love and you know that it's also not going to be consistent that the next day it is going to turn around and give you that bright spot that keeps you going. So are you a Blackhawks fan? Do you still follow hockey? I'm sort of a Blackhawks fan, but when they started playing that ridiculous song after every goal, <laughs> it kind of took away some of my fandom. I do follow hockey a lot. I actually really love the Winnipeg Jets now. Okay. Okay. So, so you like the new Winnipeg Jets. Were you a fan of the old Winnipeg Jets before they went away and came back? I think that was when I was just getting into hockey. Okay. And so back then, as a contrarian, I was actually a Red Wings fan because Dino Cicerelli was my favorite <laughs> hockey player. So I'd go to Hawks games in a Red Wings jersey. You certainly didn't make a lot of friends in the Colorado area when you uh, lived there. No, not at all. <laughs> well, uh, Josh, I appreciate you taking some time. I know you're very busy between helping plan the, the summit and being in the classroom and the after-school programs that you're involved in at Centennial and elsewhere. Um, so you taking time to, to join me for a few minutes today is, is very appreciated. And uh, for, for one more time, it's the uh, Yuma Educators Summit on June 25th and 26th, Arizona Western College. The website is www.yesyuma.org. You can register there. You can uh, decide to be a... Uh, presenter there you can uh, do a whole lot of stuff there involved with the summit and uh, we look forward to filling up the classrooms at Arizona Western on the 25th and 26th yeah we're really excited so sign up it's going to be our first year we're hoping to make this a annual tradition in Yuma and if possible expand to offer more than one development session per year so we're really excited about this well thanks again Josh thank you the 70 is a YUHSD podcast hosted by Eric Patton and Superintendent Gina Thompson. The goal of The 70 is to provide insight, levity, and hopefully some relatable content for all stakeholders interested in public education. It is released twice monthly and debuted August 28, 2019. You can listen to The 70 on yumaunion.org's podcast page or subscribe on iTunes or numerous other podcast hosting services.